In our morning gatherings, we've been um, following a, a thematic series on the heart of Jesus, because we began the year with that desire to know Jesus more this year than we have known him before. And we get to know him through reading his words, we get to know him through prayer, we get to know him through one another, we get to know him through the revelation of the Holy Spirit who reveals Jesus to us. And we want to go deeper. And so we've been looking at key moments in the life of Jesus, and we will do that running up to Easter. But we've also been just picking out different themes of his heart, his love, what does it look like? And we've discovered, if we didn't know it already, that Jesus is good news. And he is for us. And he's good news for everyone. He's good news for the discouraged, the frustrated, the weary, the broken, the fearful, the disappointed, the cynical, the empty, the hungry, the faithful, the joyful, the expectant. Good news for us all. And if we were to have that spiritual stethoscope and listen into the heart of Jesus, what would we hear? You would hear that he loves you and that he died for you and that he knows you and he knows what you're going through. If you were to ask me what's in God's heart, I would say you are. Everyone that he's made. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants us all to live with him eternally. This world is not all there is. Thank God. The best is yet to come. And he just says, come to me. However you're feeling, just come to me. Whatever's going on, come to me. We've based our series around these words that Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The only time in Scripture that Jesus actually refers to his own heart. And he describes it as gentle and humble. Today we're looking at another aspect of God's heart. And uh, to be honest, I've struggled with writing a sermon because my, my heart's been all over the place. But if I was to try and sum up what I'm trying to say, so that if you get confused later on, you can say, well, that's what he meant, because he told us right at the beginning. It is about the true heart of Jesus. And his heart is not changing. And his heart is truth. 
He doesn't deal in lies or deception or anything like that. He speaks the truth to us. Sometimes it might be hard to hear, but he speaks the truth to us. Because he loves us. And he perseveres. He will never let us down. And he has always been like that. In Psalm 103, there is good news. Verse 10 to 12, he says, it says there, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Praise the Lord. He doesn't repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. From Isaiah 42, when Isaiah the prophet, who lived 600 or more years before Jesus, spoke about Jesus, good news. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. And then words of Jesus himself from John 6, verse 35 to 40. Good news. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. He was addressing those in the crowds who were asking, show us a sign. He'd just performed many miracles and they say, show us another one and we might believe in you. But Jesus says, all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Or there's another translation, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me. But raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. That's why we need to read the Bible, folks. Because we hear Jesus speaking directly to us. We hear so much that comes in and bombards our minds and our thoughts and our spirits and our souls. We need to hear Jesus. Because he speaks truth. And again and again, we hear Jesus saying, come to me. Come to me. Follow me. Believe in me. Trust in me. Because he knows that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through him. It breaks my heart when people don't want to know him. And they believe the lie that actually he doesn't even exist. 
It breaks my heart when people think they're so bad that they can't turn to him. I remember having conversations about faith with a, a, a guy over many years now. And he's just totally dismissive until he's had a few drinks in him. And one moment after a few drinks, he said to me, God could never love me if he knew everything about me. To which I replied, he does, and he does. He knows everything about you, and he still loves you. That's why he came. And he's not alone. The Apostle Peter had the same experience when he first met Jesus. If you read it in chapter 5 of Luke's Gospel, when Peter saw Jesus and the miracle that he did of the, the, the fish, Peter says, go away from me, I'm a sinful man. You don't want to have anything to do with me because my heart is rotten. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Follow me. Because I'm going to do something with you that you would never have dreamed of. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. One of the most, well, I mean, there's so many heartbreaking things, but just listening this week to the lies. But that's not the frustrating bit. It's that people have believed a lie. We're familiar with fake news now. But Jesus always speaks truth. If we never come to him, we will be lost. Because we're just reliant on ourselves. We can't forgive our sin. We can't heal our brokenness. Jesus is the only savior of the world. He is also the judge of the whole world. And judgment is coming. Jesus is coming soon. I haven't got a date for you. No one has a date. But he will put all injustice right. And all will have to give an account to Jesus. I will have to give an account to Jesus. You will have to give an account to Jesus. All presidents and kings and queens will have to give an account to Jesus. And Jesus speaks of a place called hell that Satan and all his demons And all who have chosen to side with him will go to. But the reason why Jesus came, why he lived on this earth, why he walked on this earth, is that no one else would go there. Just Satan and his demons. No one else. 
That's why he died. To take the sin of the world upon himself. But we have to choose Jesus. No one can be neutral to Jesus. There's a decision that has to be made. Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. We don't want to be against Jesus. How could we ever stand against Jesus? Yet people do. Because they believe the lie of the enemy. There is no God. There is no judgment. There is no day when Jesus will return. And we will all stand before him. Whatever hell looks like, we don't want anyone going there. I don't want anyone to go there. And if anyone finds themselves there, it's because they have chosen to be there. Because they have said no to Jesus, the Savior of the world. And just as no one can be neutral to Jesus, which is why when we st- the Alpha course, it's who is Jesus, the first talk, when people ask me, why don't you say, is there a God? We, well, we could spend 10 weeks just going over that and get nowhere. Jesus said he is God. And he's come to save us. But Jesus is not neutral to anyone. He loves everybody. And he wants all to be saved. And he knows the hearts of all. Can't lie to Jesus. He knows the truth. He is the truth. But sometimes we do begin to believe the lie of the enemy, like that man who said to me, God could never love me. Who's told him that? Who has told him that? Yes, he might have messed up in his life. Who hasn't? Jesus speaks truth. He is the good news. He has come to save us. And this wonderful promise in John 6, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. I will never cast out. I want to remind you that when you gather together with us, when we come together, we don't come to a set of doctrines. I mean, if we were to take a straw poll of all that we actually believed of doctrine, we'd all have, ooh, do you really? You believe that? I'm going to sit on the other side of the church. You believe that? We're all heretics in a little way underneath. I've met Christians who think they know the whole truth and everything about the truth. They don't. We don't come to a set of doctrines. We don't actually come to church. You are the church. I am the church. We don't come to church. Doctrines can't save you. Actually, the church can't save you. The only one who can save you is Jesus. We come to Jesus. And I am so grateful that the one that we love, the one who loves us, the one who died on the cross for us, is the one who will judge us. Because when we stand before him, yeah, there'll be a moment when I have to... But on top of that, there'll be a moment. You are my saviour. You are my Lord. You're the one I love. 
Yes. But how terrifying to stand before Jesus if you don't know him. I know I'm speaking to the converted. I know you, you know. But maybe there is someone who's never taken that just that step. I want, with all my heart, I would beg you to come to Jesus this morning. Put your trust in him. You will not lose anything. You know, someone believes the lie that if you trust in Jesus, you're going to spoil your life. People have said that to me. That as if he'll have some dastardly plan for your life. He has only got good plans for us. That means we can trust him in every situation. Whatever we're going through. And some of us, we know we're going through tough times right now. But we trust him. Because he is good and he doesn't lie. If we're hearing something else, we need to recognize where that's coming from. The lies come from the enemy. You're not good enough. Imagine you. It's not the truth. Jesus says, I came for you. The reason I am here is for you. And I don't know which page I'm on now, but it'll come back to me. Sorry. His promises are true. He will never leave us or forsake us. The enemy is work on global scale, but also on an individual scale. The heart of Jesus is the truth. And he will never let you down. He is for you. One of the commentators I read this week, there's human beings are factories of resistance to the never-ending, never-failing love of Christ. We think of so many ways in which we think God might not love us anymore. Or that he might turn us away one day. It's not what he says. And he speaks truth. Maybe it's because we have lost and been broken. And relationships have failed. And we think that maybe that's the truth of God. It's not. Jesus says, that will never happen if you come to me. Notice these words. Take them home. Imprint them on your heart. If you come to me, I will never cast you out. I am still waiting for that man who said to me that God could not love him because of his life to realize the truth. I can't make him understand it, but I pray that he will before the end of his life. Because the funny thing is that he doesn't know about, ironically, he believes in God. 
Otherwise, why would he say, God can't love me? It's like when people say to me, how can you believe in God who causes all this suffering? And I say, you don't believe in God. Where do you put all the suffering? Where does it come from? Don't pin it on God. You don't believe in him. Let me struggle with that because I believe in him and I know he's good and I know there's suffering in the world. Because we believe what Jesus says. And we come to him when we first come to him and we come to him again a thousand or more times in our lifetime. We come to him because he says, you are welcome. And one day we will be with him in glory the new creation, and we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And as Thomas More said, there will be no earthly sorrow that heaven cannot heal. And one day all pain will cease. There'll be no more death, crying, mourning, all those things. The important thing is, not what life brings to us, but whose we are. We belong to Jesus. And so he says in this simple meal, come. Come, and I will never cast you out. Remember, his hold on you is stronger than your hold on him. Remember when Karis was small and we used to walk her to school or cross the road, and, and it was like, it, you know, this thing, this little hand would appear and put a hand in our hand as we crossed the road. Imagine for a moment if we just let her strength do that. No, no, it was our hand holding her. We put our hand in God, in God's hand, but it's his hand who holds us. It's not dependent on our strength, but on his promises. So we draw near to him again. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Amen.